What's going on, friends? Welcome to Forward Progress, live here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network and powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I'm producer Jason. You usually catch me on the back end, on the ones and twos, but today and for the every Thursday throughout the football season, I will be hosting today's show. We got a great show lined up for you today. Before we get started here, I want to give a quick round rundown on what we'll be doing for today's show. First block, we have Hitman for 20 minutes. We'll be talking Thursday night matchup, discuss some of his favorite props, and look ahead to Sunday and discuss some of his favorite props for Sunday. And then we'll have Eric Eager on previewing the Thursday night football matchup, covering our best bets for the game, and talking a little bit about some survivor picks. It's going to be a lot of fun. we got a jam-packed show for you today. So make sure you hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on podcast platforms, make sure to leave us a review. Before we get started, before I bring in Hitman, just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor over at Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book, offering competitive odds for 25 years. We love to preach line shopping on this channel. And with everyday competitive odds, Pinnacle should be one of your available sports books. If you're looking to sign up and support the show, make sure you use code HAMMER when signing up to Pinnacle, your trusted sports book for 25 years. Bet smart, bet Pinnacle, must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly and not available in the US. All right. Let's just get right into it, Hitman. It's been a crazy last couple of days. We have no idea what's going on with Kelsey. Uh, how how are you reacting to this news? What's your process like when something like this happens? Uh, the process is trying to make an educated decision on what I think the probability is that Travis Kelsey is actually going to play in the game. So it's one of those things that right now, if I think that he's on the, on the side of doubtful, I might try to get ahead of some news. If I think he's more on the side of probable, I'll try to get ahead of news and maybe bet some other chief players unders. So it, that, that's kind of how I handle it. And that if you're kind of on the 50-50 side, which is what I tend to be right now, it's more of just be ready for the news and have a plan on how you're going to react. Because if he's in or out of the game, it's going to affect some things. It's going to affect the Mahomes props. It's going to affect some of the other receiver props. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be tough discussing these KC props, but we'll start uh, start with it uh, and just touch on any of the pass catchers. I know you mentioned you want to play some unders if you think he's trending towards out, but if he's, uh, sorry, if he's in, if you think that he's trending towards being out though, how are you attacking these KC props? Is there anyone in particular you like for receptions, receiving yards, or even like a touchdown bet for one of those guys on the back end of the depth chart? What are your thoughts on these receivers, assuming Kelsey is out here? I think that most of the lines right now are accounting for the fact that he's more on the side of doubtful. So to be honest with you, there's not real. If the news does break that Kelsey is playing in this game, there's not that much that I'm going to typically, I'm going to look, if the news breaks that he's not playing, yeah, I'm not going to be looking to bet much, to be honest. Sky Moore, his line was around 37 and a half earlier in the week. That's up about nine yards. Mm-hmm. Right now, Marquez Valdez Scantling, his line is up. Um, there's a lot of there's no lines for guys like Noah Gray and um, Richie James, Kadarius Tony, some of the more of the role player players. But I assume that once the news does break, then we'll get those lines. But yeah, for me, it's more of I'm looking to attack some things if Kelsey is ruled into the game. Um, yeah. Mahomes's prop line has dropped 15 yards, so potentially would look towards some Mahomes overs if Kelsey is in, um, and could potentially look towards a, a Marquez Valdez Scantling under 
receiving yards, I think, if he's in. Sky Moore is is tough for me because I did bet Sky Moore over in the mid-30s. So even if Kelsey is in, I thought that the Moore line probably should have been in the, the low to mid-40s. So am I going to race to bet a Moore under 45 and a half or something? Probably not. So that, that's the way that I would look to attack it. Fair enough. And as you see here on the screen, you can check out Pinnacle. Pinnacle has Patrick Mahomes over on passing yards. It's 286 and a half. So, I mean, if he's ruled in, if Kelsey's ruled in, that might be somewhere where you can attack and run to the screen. And if you're first there, you can get a bet in. But uh, if if not, let's uh, let's move on from the pass catchers and let's talk a little bit about some running backs. Um, Casey kind of has like a, I don't want to call it a three-headed monster, but they kind of have three guys who kind of mix in and out with McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Isaiah Pacheco. Is there anyone you're targeting in particular that you think maybe Kelsey doesn't really have too much of an effect on here where you would just be playing it regardless if he's in or out? Um, no, I, I know that Jurek McKinnon's receiving yards has been a popular play by some people due to the fact that they're like, oh, well, now they're going to look to attack some more shorter passes get McKinnon in some matchups against Detroit's linebackers, which aren't exactly great in pass coverage. But my, my hesitance on that is that Clyde Edwards-Elair played a lot with the first team in preseason. And I don't think – while Clyde Edwards-Elair is going to be the third running back, I don't think that he's just a complete non-factor that he doesn't maybe hurt McKinnon just a little bit. And Andy Reid, there, there's been some rumblings about Kansas City would maybe be looking to hold Jerick McKinnon back because he is a 31-year-old running back and just not overuse him, especially early in the season. So to be honest, I haven't bet anything right now with involving any Kansas City running backs. But if I was to look at something that could potentially be a bet of mine, later in the night it's maybe if that mckinnon receiving line does keep going up from i believe it's 26 and a half right now if that continues to go up then maybe i potentially look to bet an under on mckinnon uh it's at 26 and a half right now over at pinnacle the under is minus 108 so keep an eye on that if it creeps up like hitman said make sure you attack those unders moving from the running backs on the chiefs to the running backs on the lions i mean i love this backfield it's a new backfield, so it's kind of uh, there's a lot of uncertainty with how both Gibbs and Montgomery are going to be deployed. Ben Johnson said earlier in the week we might use Gibbs in some ways that people don't quite think we might use him, or M Montgomery the same way. So it seems like there's a lot of variance here in the in the backfield, and variance is usually our friend as betters, right? Helps us more than helps the sports books. So is there anything you're looking at uh, with regards to the Detroit running backs personally? I wouldn't tail me, but I played Jameer Gibbs over three and a half receptions. I believe it's at minus 127 right now at Pinnacle. So do you have any uh, picks for or props for these Detroit running backs? Yeah, Gibbs over three and a half receptions was a play of mine. It was a smaller play, though, and it was in like the minus 115-ish range. Minus 127 right now at Pinnacle. We call that maybe more of a strong lean, maybe worth a small bet. Um, I think... Gibbs receiving overs have been popular. That was one of my plays, 25 and a half, 26 and a half, 27 and a half. I think it's a little bit out of range right now. But keep an eye during live odds and see how he's being used because, again, there's a lot of variance. And a lot of times in the live odds with these player props, the books can't pick up the usage that's happening in, in, uh, in the first game. They're just not going to be able to adjust enough. Um, 
David Montgomery, I like his matchup a lot. There was actually some talk from Dan Campbell about that he was maybe going to preserve Gibbs a little bit and early early in the year. I think what that means, if you just kind of like read between the lines on all the quotes right now, I think it means that maybe Gibbs is maybe used a little bit less in the running game, more in the passing game, and Montgomery's used more in the running game. And the matchup, I mean, it's just an unbelievable matchup. I mean, you have a top, probably the second best offensive line in the NFL going against a Chiefs defensive line that is just looking absolutely brutal without Chris Jones and without their other defensive lineman who's suspended for this game. So I, I think that it, it could be a big Montgomery week. And the Lions running back props is where I have bet the most money into on Montgomery for rushing and uh, Gibbs receiving. Okay, so do you want to lock in anything official here, whether it be Gibbs re- receptions? I was incorrect about the line. It's actually 124 right now at Pinnacle, uh, best line in market, if you like that. You yeah. should probably and what do we have on Montgomery uh, rushing yards and, and carries? On Montgomery rushing yards, I see him to be at 52 and a half. Uh, we don't have carries over here on Pinnacle, but 52 and a half minus 131 or 38 to the over. So if you want, we can lock those in at, let's say, a half unit each. Uh, if you're comfortable, you tell me and we'll fire away. Yeah, I'd be fine on a, a smaller bet on the two of them. Yep. Okay, so let's do a half unit each here on both of those uh, plays. Uh, that is Jameer Gibbs over three and a half receptions minus 124. And then also David Montgomery over 52 and a half rushing yards at minus 138 for a half unit here. Uh, moving on to the pass catchers here uh, for the Lions. Uh, the Thursday night game, it features the number one offense at throwing over the middle of the field, which is the Lions, and the second worst defense at covering passes over the middle of the field. Do you see uh, the Lions being able to expose the Chiefs in the passing game through the middle of the field? And if so, who would you be looking to target at receiver to do so? Or would it be Laporta tight end? I mean, the, the obvious one is Amon Ross St. Brown, but I think it's baked into the lines mm-hmm. right now with his numbers. Um, I, I think that Detroit is more likely to expose them through the ground and through through their running backs, to be honest. The receiver room is a little bit of in question right now. Maybe, again, monitor line uh, live odds with Marvin Jones, uh, Khalif Raymond, and Josh Reynolds. Nobody really knows how that rotation is going to work and how Jameer Gibbs is going to fit into that rotation as well. So for me, it's just something to monitor. And um, Sam Laporta, what do we see on his receiving yards right now? Um, I believe he is at 29 and a half receiving yards. The over is minus 122. Okay. The under is minus Okay, So I played under 32 and a half, 33 and a half on Laporta. And if it we do see a 31 and a half, which again, sometimes these standalone games, you're going to get a lot of over money in props and you can take advantage closer to post. I think un, uh, under 31 and a half would be my buy price on Laporta. And even though the matchup, is not bad, just more of a fade. Rookie tight ends tend to be really slow to start their their careers, and yeah. especially for a first game, just thought of that it was a it, it's a touch too high if it does get into that low thirties. I mean, fair enough. I believe I was looking at these uh, receiving props earlier in the day, and I noticed that he's actually second in receiving yards on the team. And I don't know if that's just because he's a new draft pick and people are like loving to bet his over, but that just doesn't. Uh, seem right to me continuing along with the Lions pass catchers I mean 
like you said, it's a Monra than everyone else. It's going to be a, an interesting rotation. But I was a fan of uh, Josh Reynolds. I played his over two and a half receptions. Uh, it's not available at Pinnacle right now. But I mean, is I know we just touched on this, but is there anyone? Would you like look at any of these guys receiving yards or touchdowns, or like you said, live bet stay off it until you? Uh, can get more of a feel for how the rotation is working here. Yeah, I would look more into live. Uh, Marvin Jones was a popular under in the low 30s early in the week, and Reynolds was a popular over in the low 20s. So you're looking at that the correct way. But I just think that it's the the the, the, the gap between the two has gotten closer Small, yeah. over the yeah. past few days, whereas it opened, it was a 10-yard gap, which was too much. But it's kind of been bent into place right now, in my opinion. Makes sense. And that's why I'm going to preach throughout the season. Do not tail my picks. I am absolutely square. Like, do not tail me. We got that. We got the sharp to, to the, my uh, right here in Hitman. Don't listen to me. I'm just here for uh, a pretty face and to kind of lead the show. So, I mean, pretty is kind of debatable, but we'll, we'll, we'll uh, move on from that. Um, so, with Jameson Williams' suspension, obviously, he's been out, he's going to be out for the next eight games. Um, I mean, we talked about the receivers. You talked about him on Ross St. Brown. Are you looking at alt prices with how poor this receiver room looks? right now is that something you're considering in a mon raw kind of prop alt alt prop uh on his overs or you think it's at the right spot right now at uh, i believe it's at 60 and a half at pinnacle do you think you would ever take a look at maybe an alt plus 100 plus or 90 plus is that interest to you at all or uh typically I'm, I'm not i mean sometimes i'll get involved in alternates it's a little bit harder to get the money down Fair on enough. the on the alternate payouts and everything but Sometimes I'll look if it's a case where I think that a player has high variance and a high ceiling, but even someone like Amon Ross St. Brown, he's been fairly consistent throughout his career. He's a low average depth of target player that racks up a lot of receptions. So it's nothing really jumps out as far as that market. All right. And then that kind of leads me to my next question with the state of props and offering props. Have you noticed anything different from last year? Like I assume this is going to be yes. And is it harder to get down? Because every year it feels like it gets harder and harder to get down on props and lines are opening later and later. What's your thoughts on just the state of the prop market in general? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Like for someone like me that's doing it for a living, it's the openers are a lot harder because mm -hmm. you're only going to be able to get probably a thousand, two thousand dollars down on a pure opener with the props. And the lines are just moving super quick where a lot, like, for example, there was a great play earlier today. It was Anthony Richardson opened at 208 and a half passing yards. And that's a, a great play to the under. And it literally lasted a few minutes before a few services are sending it out and everything. And it, so it's just hard to get liquidity. I, I think that you can still get really good liquidity, but the, you need time to be able to do it. It's a lot of $300 bets that add up thousand dollar bets, $500 bets that add up and you need hours and hours to be able to get that. So for me, it's, it's, it's kind of similar to last year. Whereas if you're just betting pure openers, you're not going to get typically huge, huge amounts if you're trying to do this for a living. But again, Tons of people aren't. Tons of people are looking about $100, $200, whatever. So if you are, maybe look to take advantage of some of the opening lines because a lot of them will be pretty weak. All right. And that leads me into my final few questions. The first one being any props you have an eye on for Sunday without ruining, I guess, anything you've already played or something that's still available that you still like. 
I don't want you to ruin your edge, of course. But if you have any tidbits you want to share, please feel free. This um, floor is yours. Yeah, right I'm now. looking. I'm looking through what I have bet. Um, I think that Sam Howell opened. I think he's around like 206 and a half passing yards or something like that right now. Thought that opened a little bit low. Arizona has the worst defense in the NFL, which, I mean, it's a debate with them and the Rams, but I, I think Arizona has the worst defense. Uh, Terry McLaurin looks like he's going to be playing in this game, and Sam Howell looked really good in the preseason. His rookie year, he looked really good in the preseason this year. Looked all right against Dallas last year. I'm kind of higher on market on Sam Howell than some other people are. So that would be one maybe for a look for um, next week. Sounds good. That's two. That's at 204 and a half at Pinnacle, minus 116 to the over. That's still available. So if you like that and you're listening, go out there and hammer it. Last two questions before for you before we head out here, Hitman, uh, and we bring on Eric. But unofficial prediction for tonight's game and unofficial first TD prop. So I'm just going to force you to do this every week. Uh, I don't recommend anyone telling us because I'm kind of putting gun to your head for these uh, these predictions, but let's have some fun with it. First TD and prediction for tonight's game. Um, for tonight's game, yeah. I'll say the Chiefs win, but against the spread, it, it's a toss-up in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, fair it's, enough. Not, it's not much of a prediction. I'm not taking yeah. a bold stance <laughs> saying a minus 200-something favorite wins the game. Um, I'll say gun to head. I'd bet the Chiefs minus four and a half. But um, I love that. <laughs> First touchdown, it's funny. I maybe bet like three of these a year, legitimately. Okay. And this is w- one game that I actually did bet a first touchdown. Okay. And I don't know the current market. It, I assume it's a few, a little bit off of what I bet. But I bet David Montgomery at 10 to 1 to be the first touchdown scorer in tonight's so game. It's plus 634 right now on Pinnacle. Um, I would pass on that. But pass on I think I, I would pass on that. Pinnacle has a sharp line, in my opinion, on that. But uh, if you do shop around, you might be able to find closer to the 10 to 1. Wonderful. Hitman, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for and, insights. And one, one more thing, one more thing, real quick, Jason, is that's a good example of Pinnacle's a sharper sports book. So it's worth having a Pinnacle account, even if you're not going to bet something there just to see what is Pinnacle offering on this and compare it to maybe some Square or other shops. So always worth checking out Pinnacle, even if you aren't placing a bet. I appreciate that, Hitman. Last little plug for Pinnacle there. So Hitman, thank you so much for joining us. Going to bring in Eric Eager in a sec. Hitman, we'll see you out. Thank you. Thank um, you. Bef- before we bring on Eric, guys, I want to uh, quickly uh, remind you that we will be live on the Hammer HQ account. Not we, not myself, but Rob Pozzola and Zach Phillips tonight at 8 p.m. live on the Hammer HQ uh, channel for a watch along of tonight's game between the Lions and the Chiefs. Uh, There'll be a couple special guests there. There'll be Joey Kanish, Jeff Feinberg, and there will be the man joining us right now, Eric Eager. Eric, how's it going? Are you excited for the watch along tonight? Are you excited for the Kansas City Chiefs? Firstly, Jason, that's an amazing jersey. Go Chiefs. I really like that one. Um, As somebody who also, like, back Detroit all of last year and feels like a part of that uh, today is, is, is feels perfect. So I can't wait till the, uh, for the game tonight. And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to, to chat with you. 
Yeah, super super looking forward to it. Super excited. We I, we had a little discussion about Survivor privately off air, and I'm excited to get into that. So stick around for that. But first, we're going to get into the game. And actually, before we get into the game, there's a question in the, the comments that I missed, and I'd like to get to that quickly. Just quick thoughts on Mahomes over on rushing yards. Uh, 0.19 and a half uh, at minus 110. He likes, but I'm not sure exactly what the line is over here at Pinnacle. Just give me your quick thoughts while I find the line. Mahomes is always, you know, in close games, a a decent bet to go over that number. He, you know, I remember the Tennessee game at home last year, obviously, uh, you know, the Super Bowl, he he eclipsed that on one run, uh, even with a bad angle. I mean, hell in the Bengals game, he even took off and ran. So uh, I think in a game where Kelsey, if even if he plays, it's going to be limited uh, and you're getting a number that's very similar to what you normally get is his number. uh, I I, I think that that's a, a good thing to shout out. Beautiful. And uh, line right now, pinnacle 18 and a half over is at minus 128. If you like that, um, yeah, you definitely want to play that at pinnacle. So uh, let's just get right into it. Address the elephant in the room. What to make of Kansas City without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones? We're obviously operating under the assumption that Travis Kelsey is not playing. Seems like the status is up in the air, but like Hitman said earlier, we're trending towards him not playing based on the lines and the props that we've been looking at. Um, Do you think the market is reacting correctly to both these players being out what is Kelsey Kelsey worth to the spread to you and what is Jones worth to the spread yeah it's interesting I I think what I I I struggle to see how you know you open this game at seven like is that that's really where you got to start this seven (laughs) seven is the opener six and a half kind of was where it's settled and then from there you're now down to four four and a half are both of the and now five and pinnacle of course and that's probably the better number um one and a half points to me feels a little high for two non-quarterbacks uh especially in an early season game where um teams like kansas city teams like new england back in the day when they were doing really well are always going to try to they're going to rely less on their great players early in the season because they're trying to sort of they're trying to see if sky Moore's or you know uh, uh can be a competent uh, you know, starting wide receiver, they're, they're trying to see, you know, Felix Anazuke Uzama and George Karlakis. You might not see Jones play the 10 extra snaps. He's going to play in like an AFC championship game or something like that. And so in my opinion, I think the market is overcorrected a little bit here, especially when, you know, when you saw reads out all the way down to four, um, five seems a little bit more reasonable, but again, I think a point and a half, especially when you're not, you're going, six is somewhat key in the NFL, but you're not really going through like three, for example. Um, I, yeah, I, so in, in that regard, the, the points are a little bit less meaningful. So I can understand why it moved to yeah. point and a half, two points. But at that, that, be, that being said, like any non quarterback in the NFL, even as good as these two guys, it, it's really hard to get them up to the three quarters of a point or all the way to a full point for either guy. So I think. You know, this thing moving back towards five feels right to me. Um, And even then, I think it's probably a little bit short on the Chiefs. Okay, fair enough. So short on the Chiefs, as you mentioned, that kind of brings me to my next question. Do you feel like there's any value left on the spread if Kelsey's out? If Kelsey is dressed, hypothetically, because it seems like, listen, there's rumblings. I I don't know what to make of it. There's rumblings. So what's the probability that he's dressed and he's just a decoy? Uh, And what number would you want to play Kelsey's at if he's in the game versus if he's out number is probably not available right now but just uh for hypothetical purposes yeah it's so hard to try to infer kind of where these market movements are from unless you're actually doing the betting and seeing (laughs) you know where where the money's coming in on but you also saw the total fall to 52 and a half at some places now it's back up to 53 I I've heard positivity about Kelsey from the people who I've talked to but there's really nothing definitive 
my guess is you're probably I guess the chances are probably 60% that Kelsey dresses. I think it's 30% that he's the full guy that he always is. Um, so that that gets messy, right? That that feeds into you know some of the some of the the, the things that you want to look at in this game. That feeds into you know sack props. That feeds into stuff like that where um, the Chiefs might just struggle. Their players might struggle to get open. Mahomes might have to hang on the ball a little longer. I mean, we just talked about that rushing prop for yeah. him. Uh, but yeah, I think it's I think it's actually trending somewhat to Kelsey dressing. I don't. It's it's unclear to me whether he'll be effective. Um, the one thing that to notice though is that the Chiefs have not elevated or signed a tight end to replace him on the active roster. They only have three. They normally keep four. Um, Blake Bell uh, and Noah Gray. They usually keep you know keep around a guy like Jody Fortson, but he's on IR. Uh, so that is also something they don't have a fullback either, which they usually have had. So you're talking about tight ends and fullbacks total, I believe, unless I'm I've missed something. They're at three right now, and that includes Travis. Wow. So we're saying full Noah Gray season then if Kelsey's out, eh? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, everybody makes fun of me because I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm actually a Noah Gray fan. They always think that, oh, Eric, you're, you just like, uh, you know, mid tight ends like you were. And <laughs> sure. Yeah, granted. But uh, no, I think he'll be I think he'll be the guy that that they look to, especially. I mean, those mid midweek injuries, you're not allowed to like craft the whole game plan. It's like he got hurt early in the game, basically, from a mm -hmm. game planning standpoint. So I think Noah Gray, if Kelsey weren't unable to go or unable to be full strength, would almost get all of those uh, opportunities. I, yeah, I love Noah Gray. I drafted him as many best balls as I could as like a last pick. And it's I got incredibly lucky with that. But uh, anyways, enough about me staying on the Kelsey and injury and the Jones holdout. Just quickly, how long do you see Jones holding out if it's for much longer? And if he is held out for much longer and if this Kelsey injury is starting to look like where he might miss three, four games, at what point does that entice you to look at the Chargers to win the division? It's off the board right now at Pinnacle, but no, what number would you look at considering like if both those things were to happen where Kelsey's maybe out for, we, we think Kelsey would be out for three to four weeks and Jones, uh, based on what your thoughts are uh, on, on how much he'll hold out longer, and Jones seems to be holding out for a little longer. What, what, do you, what number would you need to play the Chargers here? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, when I look, you know, when I was looking at numbers earlier in the off season, you know, the Chargers were kind of at, would it be three to one to win the division yeah. uh, at one point? Um, we're, we're really heavy on the Chiefs at Sumer. So you'd have to, yeah, it, it would probably have to be, you know, coming back over the top here, you're not going to get three to one anymore, I think. So, I mean, five to two, if you, if you could get intel that Jones was serious about staying out until week eight uh, and Kelsey, what, like if they put Kelsey on IR, um, that that would probably entice me uh, to bet the Chargers at a price of five to two or or, or more or or uh, cheaper, but um, it, it's still tough. Like I I personally think you have the ten days off here. You have Jones possibly being he's in town for the 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 ceremony. Um, you have you know Kelsey, which I think there is positivity there. I I'm of the belief that Kelsey plays tonight. I'm of the belief that I'm of the belief that. 10 days in between games will will kind of make him healthier. I think he'll be mm -hmm. slow in the first month of the season for sure. Um, I think Jones, I mean, this 10 day in between and the Nick Bosa contract yesterday kind of sets parameters for what a defensive player like Jones should be worth. And that that puts away some of the ambiguity. I think it it's a feather in the cap of Jones a little bit, although he's not quite the caliber of player of Bosa. I, I think it, it, it give, 
they get this deal done relatively quickly now after he misses tonight's game. So, right. so I just, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at the Chargers just because those are, that's my opinion. But I've been wrong this entire. I, I, I felt like Jones would get an extension by now. So, uh, what do I know? Fair enough. Fair enough. Just obviously want to get your insight on this kind of stuff because you're one of the sharper minds out there. Um, keeping with the Kelsey injury, uh, if it's shown us anything, it's that these Chiefs uh, receivers are and weapons are relatively shallow. Uh, are you surprised they didn't make a big effort to bring in a big time weapon onto this roster with their first round pick? They use it on Uzoma, an edge rusher, not saying it's a bad pick, but there were some tight ends available that could have potentially filled in that hole for Kelsey in the future, right? They had an opportunity to add a dynamic weapon uh, with Laporta, Mayer, Musgrave, um, and potentially for them to potentially be Kelsey's replacement in the future. Uh, are you surprised they didn't make a move like that? Or, um, yeah, like, is that shocking to you? Or do you think, no, it's everything's fine because you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback? Yeah, I mean, firstly, the thanks to the listener here, they did elevate Matt Bushman. That was the one we were waiting for. Uh, I just, you know, it must have just happened or I missed it on the way in. Um, so thank you there. So so that may that might bump my numbers down a little bit, or it might be gamesmanship. They elevated Clyde Edwards Alaire for the Super Bowl and then and then didn't dress him. So you never know how they how they use those uh roster spots. Um, you know, everybody talked about this spring, DeAndre Hopkins. The DeAndre Hopkins deal was never going to work if they didn't work out a Chris Jones deal. And it's very clear that they weren't close to a Chris Jones deal this whole time that we all said, oh, all they have to do is sign Jones to extension, convert his money, use it on Hopkins. And ultimately that didn't work. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm not surprised that they let Juju go now that his knee is kind of inflamed again, like it was the right choice. They did get Rasheed Rice in the draft. Mm -hmm. I think that they had Intel in the building probably better than anybody that Justin Ross was going to be pretty good and a good depth piece at worst and possibly a high upside guy at least. Um, so I'm fine with what they did. I think one of the things that was interesting down the stretch last year is, is Marquez Valdez Scantling got more comfortable in that offense, got more comfortable in that role. He had a really good game in the AFC championship game. Sky Moore, you know, was always in that juju role. And when he, when he had to sit out against the chargers, you know, sky was pretty good. So no, I'm not that concerned. I, I like the fact that they they got Jawan Taylor to play right tackle. They got Donovan Smith to play left tackle. I think they got more athletic on the offensive line uh, after going with Orlando Brown for a few years. So I, I think that they've done enough. But if this team does fail on offense, it is going to be not because they don't have depth at wide receiver. I think they have plenty of depth, but it's going to be because the Travis Kelsey declines. And they don't have that true alpha third and eight player that they've had for years in both him and 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 Hill. Yeah, and uh, keeping with this trend of offense and offensive weapons, let's talk a little bit about both teams' offense here. The Detroit Lions, uh, their game plan is run solely through analytics. Give uh, their OC is Ben Johnson, and as you noted yesterday on the Sumer Sports uh, Show, uh, Ben Johnson is the son of two math teachers. So, um, how will they attack this Kansas City D? How will Kansas City respond? And do you think that their pace of play will affect the team total here at all or the totals in general total right now at pinnacle is at, I believe it's at 54. So it flicked up since we uh, started doing this show uh, 54 plus one Oh two to the over minus minus one fourteen to the under and the team total for the Detroit lions, 23 and a half juiced over minus minus one twenty three, And for the chiefs 30 and a half minus minus one thirty eight juiced to the under. So um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts about the pace of play for tonight's game? Yeah, firstly, thank you for promoting the show, the Sumer Sports Show with me and Thomas Dimitrov. That's always a, a fun listen, hopefully, for everybody. Um, I Look, I think the Lions 
you know, when when you look at offense, they squeeze the most juice out of the orange out of any team in the league. Jared Goff's kind of a middle of the pack quarterback, but they got tremendous production out of him last year in the passing game. Only Patrick Mahomes generated more e- total EPA, um, which was which was really good. They have a good offensive line, and last year was banged up a decent amount of the year, so they're healthy this year against the Chiefs defense that is not going to be able to rush the passer, I don't think, unless they blitz. And if they do blitz, you have a lot of yak monsters on the team and Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, even the tight ends in Laporta, uh, as well as Brock Wright are, are good after the catch guys. And then Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery are also explosive. I get a little worried about their lack of depth at wide out. Marvin Jones comes back, but Jamison Williams and DJ Chark, who were contributors at the end of last year, are not playing this game. Chark is in Carolina. Williams is on a suspension for gambling. So I that's the only part that worries me. The Chiefs are deep in the secondary. Uh, Sneed's a little bit banged up, but he's off the injury report now, so presumably he's healthy. Um, but they do the things that you need to do to go over totals like this, which is go for fourth downs, be aggressive, run. You know, they they Dan Campbell last season was a top three coach in terms of win probability added on fourth down decisions, timeout avoidance, and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I'm confident that they'll be able to do their part in this game, provided that the Chiefs don't slow the game down. And one of the things that the Chiefs have done for two years now is have one of the lower like drive number per games in the NFL. They're efficient, but when you're betting overs in their game, you have to realize that you're not every missed opportunity is is a killer for the over because it's not paced up from the Chiefs perspective. So I think the Lions will pace it up from their perspective. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to be if – if this game goes under, weirdly, it's because of the Chiefs and their pace. Interesting. That's a very interesting thing. I don't think it's something that's uh, really talked about. It feels like the Chiefs are still looked at as a high-powered offense. Not saying that they're not a high-powered offense, but since they lost Tyreek Hill, you're right, they have slowed down the pace of play a little bit more on offense. Um, but uh, before we get into our best bets here, I want to give a quick plug for Seamer Sports. Guys, go follow them on Twitter because they have live shows on Twitter that are uh, very fun to watch. I was watching one yesterday where you previewed tonight's games. Very good. At Sumer Sports, S-U-M-E-R Sports. Uh, and if you head to their website, SumerSports.com, make sure to sign up for their newsletter for, I believe it's the post-week post, game, post week, uh, newsletter. It's very cool analysis with EPA per play and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to receiving that in my inbox uh, over the uh, the weekend on uh, Tuesday. So um, yeah, let's get into our best bets, uh, official best bets for tonight's game. Uh, do you have anything for sides and totals? You sent me a couple of props, but any sides, totals or team totals? Like, I mean, you said the Detroit Lions are, are trending towards a high pace of play team. Is that over 23 and a half enticing to you at minus 123 on Pinnacle? Or are you staying off sides, totals and team totals, stuff like that? I, I'm, it's funny. I, I just have a hard time right now with the sides and totals kind of in, in any game this weekend. You know, Fair it's enough. like they're they're so beat to death. And yeah. the only ones that the only ones where there's ever any reason to move on them, it's information that is uncertain, like the Kelsey stuff. So as far as side and total, I mean, I I guess, you know, if I if I had to take a I, I'm I'm like Hitman who was on previously, like I lean Chiefs at the market number, but it, it probably not enough uh to get there for me. Um a total, I don't think you can go under in this game just because there's just, you know, I, I've seen this song and dance a ton with the Chiefs. It's like they pace a certain way. And then at the end of the games, Mahomes can do whatever he wants in as short a time as he wants to. So I, I, I you know, again, like I, I, again, lean over, but again, not enough. And, and you know, Kelsey, Kelsey's the big one. That, that thing's moved a point or two in either direction uh, based upon his statuses. So uh, th- that's not really where I'm looking for as far as uh, as far as a sweat here. 
Fair enough. So take it away. You have three best bets here. Do the touchdown one last because that's available at Pinnacle. Best line is actually available at Pinnacle. So um, yeah, give me give oh, me those awesome. best. Okay, bets. cool. Yeah, I um, this is a, a number that was at plus one seventy when I last when I last looked. Um, Aiden Hutchinson over a half a sack. Uh, you know, I'm just looking at this like now. Hutchinson's had a couple multi sack games. So when you look at his like sacks divided by games last year, it's not going to be as rosy as as you know looking at you know what's the percentage of times he actually had a sack but i do think when you look at this jawan taylor's a good prospect for the chiefs i think donovan smith's an upgrade over orlando brown that doesn't mean that hutchinson doesn't have an advantage i think in some in some instances against either guy so uh, i like that one the chief like again this is a play on kelsey too if kelsey's not open right away uh for some of the easy throws mahomes is gonna have to move around a little bit and while mahomes has done a really good job of avoiding sacks um I think at plus 170, it's good enough price to 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 take Hutchinson to get at least one here. Okay, so I, I don't see it at plus 170 for me. I see it at plus 155. Are you comfortable with that as well, or you need that plus 170? I would take it plus to plus 150, yeah. Okay, so uh, half unit, uh, quarter unit, full unit, what do you want to play here? Let's do a half. Okay, sounds good. So let's do a half unit on Aiden Hutchinson. Number right now I see in market is... Uh, plus 155 at the over uh, 0.5 on sacks. Uh, and then on to the next one. I think it was Bolton. Yeah, this one was at, I saw the probably the best number at M, BetMGM, Nick Bolton over eight and a half ta- uh, total, you know, solo and assisted tackles, basically total tackles. This is an interesting because on the Super Bowl, I was on the other side. I think it was 10 and a half that day. I got lucky because he had like eight in the first quarter or two, and then it settled at nine for him. So that one worked. Um, this one's eight and a half. Uh, and again, these numbers, you just got to like, I obviously want to model this out and models have higher than this number. But mm-hmm. if you want a sort of more base rates reason for this is last year, he went over this number 15 out of 20 games. Um, you know, the games where he went under, I think were more pass happy games and things like that. And, um, and games that were, that maybe had slower paces. I don't see that happening a- enough for me not to like the over in this one. Uh, in, in, in addition, I think that Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery are going to get a lot of looks in this game, and I think they're going to be singled up on Bolton. One thing about the Chiefs linebackers, they brought in Drew Tranquil, but Bolton wears the green dot, which means, generally speaking, he'll be on the field almost every snap, which, again, is what you need for this thing to go over, in my opinion. All right, sounds good. Nick Bolton, I'm going to put a half unit on that as well, over eight and a half. I'm seeing it at minus 145, so it must have moved since we got on this show. But finally, our last pick. Uh, take it away. You got a touchdown prop, which I absolutely love. And I'm also on the same train of thought as uh, for uh, you as well. So yeah, th- this is similar to what Hitman had. So Hitman had like the, and, and granted, like I think Montgomery is more of the starter than Edward Tolaire is, but I like Edward Tolaire scoring an anytime touchdown seven to one is where DraftKings had it. Um, but obviously Pinnacle is the best sports book uh, in North America. And they have, they, they have the, uh, uh, they have the better price there plus seven Oh four. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is coming off of surgery. He's also, um, he's also, you know, he's scored in his career 17 touchdowns in 33 regular season games. So if he's in there, he's viable to score. Uh, he's a threat both receiving and rushing. Um, and so to me, I, 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 that that's one that jumped out at me. Fair enough. Uh, quarter unit on that. You go with that or uh, sure. a tenth of a unit. Beautiful. 
All right, let's let's play that for a core unit. All right, quickly, uh, before uh, we head out of here, just because we have a little bit of time keeping you over, I apologize, but I really wanted to get to the Survivor pick. So uh, any teams that you're looking uh, at for Survivor, hypothetically, uh, let's say we're in a, let, let's play this game. We're in a Survivor pool together. You and I, we have four entries together. It's our choice who we're going to pick. Uh, how are we going to use uh, those entries? I sent you two, uh, and there were Baltimore. They're currently minus 10 at home to Houston on Pinnacle, and then Washington minus 7 at home to Arizona. Tell me why you hate those picks. Um, well, for one, your, your, your goal in Survivor should be to win. And, and so I think it, it really does depend. Like, and if you have four entries, you know, part of the, part of the utility of a Survivor is being in it and the sweat, right? And so, you know, I can, I can, I'd be happy with two of those. You give Washington, you know, Washington and Baltimore as your two picks. Um, but the other two, you have to be more you have to be more creative because mm-hmm. for one, it, it, like if you're in the circa one, right. For example, let's just throw that one out there. They have a Thanksgiving slate and a Christmas slate. Well, Washington and Baltimore play on those holidays. So if you, if you burn them up at the beginning of the year, you're not going to necessarily have them when you need them at the end. Now, Washington plays Dallas. So who yeah, might, you might never use them that day anyway. Um, but Baltimore is a team by the end of the year might be strong enough for you to consider in a, in a subsequent uh, week. So that those are always some you know things to to look at. Minnesota uh, is a minus five. I don't I, I you know I've seen the market move from them. They're six and a half down to this five here. So you know respecting the market a little bit. Um, you could also look at it being baiting the market by picking Minnesota a little bit there. But that's not one I necessarily like uh, as much. So the two that I like, um, and again these might lose, but you're trying to win the whole thing. Um, is New Orleans minus three? Uh, you know picking them straight up. That's a short enough one, but they're at home and they're facing, um, you know, a Tennessee team that I think is a little down. Uh, and, and it might, and again, some of these things also for survivor, when you get them, you can also obviously hedge them by betting the other team ATS mm-hmm. at, at a number like that. And then the other one I like is against the Las Vegas Raiders who are having a ton of turmoil this week with Chandler Jones being locked out and all this kind of stuff. I like Denver. Um, again, this is another one where, if you're try- if if your life doesn't revolve around Survivor and Survivor's just a part of your portfolio stuff, you can obviously take Vegas as well uh, against the number and possibly and possibly get a middle there if you're not quite you know if you're if you're not all that sure about going into a Survivor with a team that's just a field goal favorite as your first pick. All right, officially, I'm going to lock us in. I'm going to quick submit on our pretend survivor pool right here. I'm going to do two picks for Washington because I want to have a little fun and sweat. And we'll have one pick New Orleans, one pick Denver. Before we head out here, uh, quickly, two quick questions. Same thing I've uh, asked Hitman. Unofficial prediction for tonight's game. Uh, does Not holding you to it, gun to your head. And then first TV prop, floor is yours. Yeah, I th- let's go with Kansas City 34, Detroit 20. Like, Kansas City and over to me feels like what I would pick if if yeah. if if money didn't matter. And then um uh and you want first touchdown score. Yeah. I, yeah. I Edwards Hilaire to me feels great, right? Like if that. you get the situation where it goes punt, punt, and you get second possession, and Edwards Hilaire is the Chiefs like second, you know, trading off series with Pacheco, and he gets like a swing pass for a touchdown. To me, that and I and I think the numbers what a north of 30 to 1. Um, that, that feels like, uh, that feels like a really good, really good play. 
I love that. And before we got on the show, I, I also hit the Clyde Edwards Hilaire touchdown. I like that we're simpatico. It tells me I'm thinking in the right direction here. Uh, so Eric, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. We will uh, catch you uh, next week. So thanks, Eric. See ya. Jason, so much fun. Take care. See ya. All right. That was Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. Guys, make sure you check out Sumer Sports. They have a lot of great content for you. So that'll do it today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate all the comments we got. We appreciate you guys tuning in. One thing before we head out, guys, all I ask is to smash that like button, hit that subscribe button, and ring that notification bell because tomorrow we have a prop extravaganza show. All right. 2 p.m. Same time that we were live here. We got George Silfidis. He'll be live alongside Matt Freeman from Fantasy Life, John Legaza from The Athletic, and Jack Miller from Establish the Run to talk player props, TD scores, injury fallouts from the Friday practice report. You do not want to miss this show, guys. I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and ring that notification bell to be notified when we go live. We go live 2 p.m. Eastern every Monday through Friday. And then obviously on Sunday before the game start, 11 p.m. We have, or sorry, 11 a.m. We have Rob Pizzola doing the pizza buffet. Uh, you guys know he did it last year. It was a lot of fun. And then forward progress Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. start time. Robin, uh, Clive go through the past week and talk about some future lines looking ahead uh, for week two of the NFL. So thank you everyone so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun on this first show. Looking forward to do a lot more of these. So for myself, for Eric Eager, for Hitman, this has been Forward Progress, powered by Pinnacle on the Hammer Betting Network. We'll catch you guys later. Have a good one. 